praise the Lord. I was speaking this morning about um, the message of the field and um, there it is and showed you the uh, side of the hill kind of looks down in a valley used to all be fields and it has now built up some and the cave or the grotto that we were in and read you the portion out of Luke and uh, mentioned that this was the message of the field what the angel said and the heavenly host when they said for <clears throat> fear not for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be unto all people to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord a Savior and what a powerful sense that was they heard the heavenly host saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men the very fact that it was to shepherds Jesus identified as a shepherd Psalms the 23rd chapter is about shepherds the Lord is my shepherd David wrote other songs Psalm 100 Psalm 95 about the shepherd and the very fact that those first words were fear not don't let your heart be troubled don't be overwhelmed don't allow the hour that we're living in to overtake you and to the enemy's job is to steal kill and destroy to rob you of peace to rob you of of kindness to rob you of of hope to rob you of of a, a, a any kind of of a, an idea that you know God is still able God is still on the throne God is still able to do anything and and why because when I lose hope when I, when I get overwhelmed with fear, I, I cannot be a confident child of God. I don't pray the same way. I pray as if I'm afraid. I pray as if, uh, you know, oh God, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it all focuses on me, not on him. I don't know how I'm going to take it, Lord. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. When you get overwhelmed. And so it's no longer am I thanking the Lord for what he's done. I'm thanking the Lord for how great he is. I'm thanking the Lord for what he's done for me. I'm thanking the him that I know him. And then, of course, that next statement was I bring you good tidings of great joy, which are to everyone. It's to me personally, but it's to whosoever will. Great, good tidings. Why? What are the good tidings? That one day the Lord washed me. One day the Lord died for me on Calvary. One day the Lord filled me with his spirit. One day he called me out of darkness into this marvelous light. And, and I know I, I had an individual from another church, not from here, that was uh, recounting a story of, of their past and childhood and overwhelmed and the things that had happened and, and, and asked me, well, where was the Lord? And I, and I said, well, you know, I have a good answer for that. He was dying on Calvary so that he could make all things new, so he could wash you, so that he could redeem you. 
because I believe that's how powerful God is. If he's able to get up out of a grave after three days, if he's able to say, Lazarus, come forth, you're telling me there's something that he can't do for me? You say, well, why doesn't he do it? I don't know. I don't always know the answer, but I have joy in knowing in whom I have served. And he goes on to say, unto you, me, is born this day a Savior. That's the most important thing. And I, I know, I, I've had people say, well, how do I know if I'm saved? And how do I know? <laughs> because that's why he came, to seek and to save. And if you're questioning, man, just quickly say, Lord, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me. I'm sorry. Let your spirit flow back through me. You open yourself up to the flow of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because that's how quickly you can know in whom I've re I, I, that I've been redeemed and whom I served and trusted put my trust in. Let him hold your hand. You know, a child even knows. <clears throat> Mom, are you there? Dad, are you there? Grab my hand. Hold my hand in the midst of the scary ride. Now, don't scare me. <laughs> hold my hand. I need to sit by you. Huh? And, and that's, if a child understands that, how much more? Crawl up in his lap. Say, Lord, I need your presence. Lord, I need your spirit. That's the message of the field. A Savior, which is Christ, the Messiah, our Lord. And then they sang glory to God in the highest, or they rather, I say sang, it was they said, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men, all those things that we would like to see. We would love to see and hear about peace and goodwill. And we would like to be able to have that. The problem with the world is they want peace and goodwill, but they don't want to give glory to God in the highest. I just expect people to be nice. Well, guess what? We're infected with F-L-E-S-H. <laughs> and there's not a whole lot of just natural niceness. You know? It's just not there. Yet Paul said, be careful for nothing. And he said, Jesus had said, Come, those of you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I stopped there this morning. I didn't read this verse in Luke where he said, I will send the promise of my Father upon you. What was Jesus talking about? The promise of the Father. Why was that so important? It goes all the way back, and I mentioned this morning when Jesus was eight days old, and we don't have any babies in here that are eight days old, but imagine an eight-day-old baby and his mom and dad, they're not 
super wealthy people. They just come into the temple and they're go there to have him circumcised, uh, uh, to become a, a Jewish believer, if you will, as a male and the firstborn. And they come in and here is a man, a man we don't know his age. You read it on down in Luke and he says his name is Simeon. We don't know exactly how old he is. And Simeon was, the Bible says, was led by the Spirit to go to the temple. And when he sees this baby, he begins to praise the Lord. And he uses these words. In fact, let me read it to you just so that I get it straight. It's on down in, in Luke, the second chapter. Um, oh, <clears throat> verse 27. And he came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought the child Jesus for to do him after the custom of the law. Verse 28, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, verse 29, Lord, now let us thy, them, thou thy servant depart in peace according to your word for mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Verse 32, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. This is baby is going to bring the good news to the Gentiles. Now how out of all, this was not, this was something they did to all male children. So it was directed by the Spirit. And immediately Mary is like, what's going on? She looks at Joseph, Joseph looks at Mary. And about that time, an 80-something-year-old woman comes up by the name of Anna, and she begins to praise the Lord. What are you saying that from his very birth, the Spirit... <laughs> The presence of God was revealing. <clears throat> this was the promised child. Now Jesus stands in Luke 24 and says, I send the promise of my father upon you. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem, not in Bethlehem, until you be endued with power from on high. Power from on high. <clears throat> Why is that important? Remember where the angels came? on high to herald his birth over the field. And he led them as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was departed from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. The message of the field is to keep praising, blessing, giving God glory. Why? He's done so much for me. He's done so much. Oh, I know. I think I've done a whole lot for him. I've done nothing for him. 
compared to what he's done for me. I cannot tell it all. That's why he says righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. What are you talking about? And Acts, you know, kind of gives us the, the story of this when the first chapter says when the second chapter, they all went after they saw him leave. They go to Jerusalem. They get in the upper room. I don't know how many there were, but after about 10 days, there were 120. We went to a room similar or somewhat like the upper room. We know it wasn't the upper room. The upper room was destroyed, but we go into a place and we were there and they, <coughs> right over the tomb of David and they were, they were someplace in the city and the Bible says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. I want to tell you something. If you keep your eyes on what's going on in the earth, you will not have any peace and you will not have any joy. You're going to have to get your eyes heavenward. You can say, my circumstances are bad. This is horrible. I understand, but I'm going to put my eyes on him. And the Bible says that suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting, peered under them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And if you keep reading what happened on the upper room, this 120, anybody remember? Whew, they're talking in tongues, and talking in tongues, and praising God, and clapping and worshiping, giving God glory. And what happens? They all go home and eat fried chicken. Huh? What happened in the second chapter? Oh, hallelujah. It's almost time. I got to go to work here in a little bit. I don't know what they thought. I don't know who the first one was that decided that we need to get out of this room and go out on the street. I don't know who opened the door, but they came spilling out of the upper room, out on the street. And they're out there on the street. And they are so full of the Holy Ghost, they can't talk right. And so they're just talking in tongues. Remember? And people start listening to them. Other Jews that have come from different places. A multitude came together and were confounded. Remember this? Because they heard them Every man heard them speak in his own language. All of them spoke Hebrew, but now they, these were speaking in different languages where they were raised. They were amazed and marveled, saying one to another. Now, that's an important little phrase there, saying one to another. Because I've heard some people say, well, the only reason you talk in tongues is so that you can preach to them. They didn't need it to preach to them. These people could talk to one another. They spoke Hebrew to one another. They didn't need it. They didn't need tongues to prove that they could preach the gospel. But what they heard was they recognized something supernatural is going on. Because they were amazed and marveled and said, Are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we 
we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. And then he goes through some languages. And it's important because there's more than 12. Because I've had people try to tell me only the apostles spoke in tongues. Anyway, whatever. But he goes through Parthians, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. Do we do hear them speak in our own tongue? You know what they were saying? God is so good. He is so amazing. The wonderful works of God. Oh, what was proclaimed in the field. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. Now the Jews are listening and they're hearing them proclaim the wonderful works of God. You remember what happened? Finally, they said to Peter, what's going on? And he said, these aren't drunk like you think. They're not speaking because they're drunk. But this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. What's amazing is if you go back and read Joel, he prophesies about pouring out his spirit. Then he prophesies about judgment. We are living in that spirit outpouring before the judgment of God. And he, here it is. What must we do? Repent, be baptized, every one of you. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus had told this back in the John the 7th chapter when they were standing at the well and they were filling up the water parts. We saw areas where they have what they call the mikvah or the cleansing or the purification. Jesus was at such a place. And in the last day, the great day of the feast, he cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, if you will believe on the Lord as the scripture has said, out of his belly, shall flow rivers of living water. And this spake he. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. That's why when he went up, he was basically, the disciples kept looking up. What's going to happen? What's going to happen next? And the angel said, go to Jerusalem. He's not, you don't need to keep looking up here, but there's going to come a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. I'm so thankful that I can get the Holy Ghost 2,000 years later. Amen. That same experience that the apostles and the early church had, we have for us today. You say, well, how, how do I 
How do I cope with all the stress? Listen to the message of the field. Fear not. Keep giving glory to God. David said it like this, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock. You're saying that you could never have emotional problems and mental problems. And, no, I, I, I know the enemy's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm going to tell you the best thing that you can do to fight it have a good old-fashioned worship service. Just pray through. You say, well, how is that going to solve my problems? You know what? I don't know how he does it. But what I know is it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can, in the midst of the darkest hour, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. What are you saying? I have a shepherd. This thing started in a shepherd field. I'm glad I still have a shepherd, aren't you? Let's stand. Let's come.